Hello, beautiful people. I'm Aziz, your host today. Welcome to the Kia Future Society, giving you better skills in a shorter time. And we have a great, fantastic episode today. I'm excited about Olia and to share with you this wonderful, wonderful girl. Why does this Telegram channel exist? Ukrainian people want to make Ukraine a developed country but many are frustrated that the educational system in Ukraine does not give them practical modern skills. Without practical modern skills, it is difficult to find a great job and impossible to create successful projects that change the future of Ukraine. After interviewing hundreds of interesting Ukrainian people on the Kiev Future podcast, I noticed something. Many guests are active. They have great practical skills they're using every day for their success. So by giving them the opportunity to share their skills, all Ukrainians will be empowered to have a better life. Therefore, the goal of this volunteer Telegram channel is to create three types of free Telegram events. The first one is practical skill workshops. The second is master classes by experts. And the third, which is the topic of today, cultural events that enrich the soul. We are building a community here. We will support each other. And because of this pandemic, we all need community encouragement and empowerment more than ever. If you are attending this event, then you are special. You truly belong to the Kiev Future Society because we are people who are always developing ourselves. So now it is your turn. Share this Telegram channel with all your friends. And if you'd like to participate and suggest a topic or share why you should be a speaker here, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future because when every Ukrainian gets access to these modern practical skills, they will have hope for a positive future. They will take care of their families much, much better. They will become leaders in their community and they will have the skills needed to create the projects that will impact the future of Ukraine. This is the mission of the Kiev Future Society. We are changing the world because it's the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world, they are the ones who do. Our speaker today is Olia Ungurian. Olia is a linguist, translator, and currently doing her master's degree in international project management at Newell's Kiev. She is a former Flex and Erasmus Plus exchange student and an English teaching assistant at the Faculty of Philology communication and translation in the University of Valencia in Spain. Olia, you can take the floor and share yeah. today. Yeah, hello. I'm really glad to be here today and to talk. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, this topic is really interesting. It's about poetry and it is something really new to me to talk about. Of course, I love reading some pieces. I'm not a professional in the sphere, though, but I do believe that it is always about feelings. A certain poem 
awakens in you. And uh, today uh, I'd love to read some pieces of modern poets that I love and um, I want to share it with you. They will be in different languages and of course <laughs> I did not translate them. Um, somehow I still believe that poem and original has uh, this power of authenticity and the author using these specific words, uh, expressions and devices uh, has meant something. And uh, talking about Ukrainian language, for example, it's unique and some of the words uh, sound really sweet. Uh, they're mellifluous. I found this word and it uh, describes Ukrainian language, I believe. So I can start. Uh, the first poet I'd love um, to talk uh, about is Atticus. Uh, he's a Canadian poet who writes short, who writes short poems, and uh, he remains anonymous all the time. And uh, I found out that he chose to wear a mask because he wanted to remind himself to always write what he felt, and not what he thought he should feel. So um, he doesn't want to impress anyone. He just loves um, writing and uh, his poems are short. I'll read two of them and ask you what you think. Uh, so the first one, she was afraid of heights, but she was much more afraid of never flying. Second one, there is too much risk in loving, the young boy said. No, said the old man, there is too much risk in not. And you can see that these are just four or five lines. And you may think, oh, well, is this a poem? But really, I believe he's just trying to say a lot with just a few words. And to me, I understand these two pieces um, as you will regret everything you wanted to do, but never really did in your life. You'll regret, regret not telling someone what you felt not moving to another city, not spending money on the thing you really wanted. So that's how I perceive these two pieces. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think? It reminds me of something. In the Native American religion, there is a ceremony called the Red Road, or some way that leads you toward enlightenment where people spend in the hot room or the sauna in almost suffocating temperatures in order to enlighten themselves and release traumas. And in it, the shamans say, yes, this road is hard, but you know what is harder? Not going through this road. So that's what it reminded me of, that yes, um, some things in life are difficult. They're worth opening our heart to pain to have because the pain of regret and the pain of not doing them will be much, much worse in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, I also noticed that his poetry is um, about uh, meaningfulness and uh, it is connected to the purpose in life. Uh, a lot of his poems, they don't have that uh, exact rhyme. Uh, but they still have the meaning. And the next one I would like to read is um, To love ourselves, we must first learn to love the little person inside all of us. The little boy or girl that didn't get loved the way they should, that didn't feel safe on the dark nights, and that lived in fear that they would never be good enough. We must hold that little person close to us, pull them on our laps, 
and whisper in their ears, everything will be okay, for I am here now and I will never leave. And when we do that, we will become the love of ourselves we never had. Uh, this is also an interesting piece, and I think it means uh, never lose you because you are the person that will stick with you till the very end. Different people come and go in your life, but it should not break you uh, because you're not alone at the end. So it's also one of my favorites from Atticus. And the next... Um, poet I'd love to talk uh, about is um, a modern Ukrainian poet, Dmitro Orshkevich. Uh, he's known um, in Instagram, and that's how he actually started uh, his, let's say, career as a poet, because he's an accountant by profession. And he just decided to post uh, a picture of his poem, and that's how he became uh, famous, and these uh, pieces are going viral now. So this is a new dynamic poetry of 21st century, and he writes about love and relationship. His texts are mostly about women and their imperfections sometimes, but um, they're also about men who love these women no matter what. So I have saved my favorite pieces, and I'd love to read the first one. Vonotakaharna. Як сяйво галактик, як теплого вітру миттєвий порив, як першого снігу нетоптаний клаптик, як всі ті слова, що я їй говорив, як день і як ніч, як зима і як літо, як зайва година ранкового сну. Вона така гарна, що я б їй всі квіти, а може і навіть цілу весну. That was the first one. Second one. Мені так судилось, я знаю. Постійно чекати, коли ти прийдеш, і тихо сказавши на вушко кохаю, почути у відповідь щире, я теж. Мені так судилось, я знаю, вдихати з тобою повітря та дим, і грітися сонцем твого небо краю, і плакати небом твоїм дощовим. Мені так судилось, і так збулось, трапляються ж інколи правильні речі, і дякую зорям, що я, а не хтось, з тобою в цей теплий та затишний вечір. This one was written in 2019. And the next one is from his new book. I don't have it. <laughs> I haven't bought it yet, uh, but I screenshotted it from his um, Instagram page. Про неї можна писати вічно. Про колір шкіри і про відцінки. Смугліє в липні та блідне в січні. Завжди чекає чиїсь оцінки. Фарбує губи, тушує вії. Кляне маленькі на себе речі, про щось красиве постійно мріє, і так уміло мені перечить, сміється часто і часто плаче, літає в хмарах легких думками, а я дивлюся на неї і бачу найчарівнішу поміж жінками. This poem is about that one woman he loves, and uh, among all of them, he sees only her, and he finds everything in her amazing <laughs> and another one one second and is that important to you do you feel you're an imperfect woman and you'd mm -hmm. like to be loved for all your perfect imperfections like john legend's song uh, i believe that every woman <laughs> wants that 
And uh, first of all, I believe that we women have to love ourselves and our imperfections and accept them. And only after that, we have to expect the same from others, from men. So I believe that loving yourself is uh, on the first place always. <laughs> okay, this one is about love. And here you can hear the word любов uh, in Ukrainian, which means love, and he uses it in almost every line. Любов – то не гарні знімочки, любов – то не файні сторізи, любов – це коли десь в тім'ячку, любов – це коли десь в голосі, любов – це коли під шкірою мурашки круги намотують, любов – це коли з довірою, любов – це коли з турботою, любов дозріває в буднях і гріє сім'ю роками, любов – це коли у грудях, Любов – це лише між нами. Любов – це коли онуки. Любов – це коли нестримно. Любов – це коли за руки. Любов – це коли інтимно. I love this one. And the very interesting thing about uh, Dmitro is that um, he doesn't uh, use uh, commas or periods in his poems. And I read information about that. He just explains it as it is simpler uh, in this way, so he does not make any mistakes. So he decided not to use uh, any of the, the signs at all. And the last one? One second. And is that something really fascinating to you? I mean, you're even a linguist and translator, so grammar <laughs> and uh, punctuation is somewhat primordial and essential to you so yeah, that's what you... i noticed and that's why i tried to google it and find out why <laughs> he decided to, to do it this way and he actually consciously decided to do that um and uh, well he's a new poet and i believe that uh, the modern uh, poetry doesn't have any rules so it doesn't have to rhyme, it doesn't have to follow those grammar rules, uh, because if it comes from the bottom of your heart, if you put your soul in it and you write in a moment, you know, uh, I have never written a poem, <laughs> but I think so. Uh, I, I believe that's fine. And again, uh, it makes every piece authentic because every author is different and, um, I believe it's fine in poetry. Thank you. And in poetry, authenticity, or what really interests you? Is it uniqueness and someone who stands out and is unusual? Or is it more about from the heart and that deep connection and sharing of deep emotion? Which one is the one that stands out and is more fascinating for you? And isn't that similar to send in a message or write in a poem with your body when you're dancing? Yeah, it's exactly the same. Actually, it's a very nice comparison to dancing because we people are different and some of us uh, use dance to express our emotions and poets use words. And actually, emotions, again, um, are the most fascinating in poetry for me. Actually, I love reading such pieces and those that I read because I can find myself between the lines and um, I once heard 
uh, afraid. Uh, someone told me that, you know, everything has been already written down. So every experience we have, every challenge or every life situation, it was written down by someone, either in literature or in poetry. Because during all those centuries, human problems, they uh, haven't really changed. I mean, love, relationship, uh, friendship, it's always kind of the same and finding something that I can relate to in the poem uh, it amazes me thank you I do agree with you and there is actually something in writing that the more personal the experience you're sharing the more universal it will be in the way that it will resonate with more people so actually the things we think only we are experiencing those are the most common in the human experience. And I look forward to the next one. You sound like you said, mellifluous or <laughs> smoothly. You know, it's really good the way that you do your oratory and share in these poems. Yeah, thank you. And the next one is actually uh, about uh, social media. And uh, Dmitro says that um, happiness uh, loves uh, quietness and that um, you don't have to say I love you in front of a lot of people and post it on social media in order just to uh, say that. So I love this one. It's a new one. It was written in 2021. <laughs> Нехай не згадують ніколи та ніде. Недарма ж кажуть, щастя люби тишу. Хай буде в нас не так, як у людей. І поки в статусах видніють гарні фрази, і поки щирість там дорівнює нулю, нехай ніхто від нас не чує ані разу. Як ти мене, і я тебе люблю. I like it. And I'm curious about you when it comes to languages. When you think or even dream, what kind of language do you dream or think in? Because many of us polyglots reach a point where either our thoughts and dreams are in multi-languages or they are in the language we're focused on the most. So do you still think in Ukrainian, etc., or are you thinking in Spanish or even in English? Actually, that's very interesting because I remember the moment in the United States where I started having dreams in English and I actually understood that, okay, I'm thinking in English and that's probably why my unconscious uh, is trying to show me these dreams. Uh, so uh, right now I, I actually think in Ukrainian, in Russian, it depends uh, on the situation and it depends um, on uh, the person I'm talking to. So whether the language is Ukrainian or Russian, when I text with my American friends or host family, when I talk to them, uh, I, start, I start looking for English words and uh, in the podcast, it was uh, the same. So it was, it was actually a very nice practice for me. Uh, but uh, I believe that uh, the more you live 
in a specific language environment, the more you acquire. And that's why, um, yeah, you start thinking in that language. Thank you. And do you have more? Because it sounds really fascinating. Yeah, I have uh, the last one uh, of the Metro, I think. And it has kind of a, a joke in it. Um, that's why I think it's uh, quite nice. Бо як її можливо не кохати з таким наївно лагідним лицем, з таким осінньо-жовтим ароматом і ніжками щодня з новим сенсем, з такими мріями і планами і сумом, з такою кількістю переспаних ночей, з таким статично-електричним струмом, з такою купою моїх її речей. Бо як її можливо не кохати? Таке маленьке рідне НЛО, вона як смс у день зарплати, дарує тільки радість і тепло. That was the last one. And what is kind of the joke? Uh, okay, um, the, the two last lines, uh, in, in the two last lines, he says that she's like getting a text uh, that your salary has come in on your bank card. She gives you happiness. Yes, I understand. Yeah, that's, that's why I thought it was um, really funny and cute in some way. Yes. And do you have more? Or even to ask you, are you, like, how do you know if you like a poem? I know that's a bit uh, metaphysical, but you're a highly emotional person. So is it that when you read each word, you feel those emotions in your body as if it's happening? Or is it more about the music? It's almost like you hear that music and it gives you the emotion that your body will move to, similar to what you said about dance. Or how do you experience a poem? And how do you know, wow, this is my kind of poetry? Uh, yeah, it's all about feelings. And when you read the lines and uh, you understand that the words are amazing, they're almost dancing vaults, you know, they interlace uh, so nice and so good. And the word choice is uh, really um, authentic, as I already mentioned, because there are some words, uh, even in Ukrainian poems, I never use in real life. Uh, I never use uh, in my conversations. So I am really surprised to see them um, in the poem and to understand their meaning there. So, of course, there are poems that I like more. I screenshot them, I save them, because I can relate, because I can relate to them, and because um, they are wise, they give me some advice, and uh, it will be uh, in the next one, uh, with the next author. Um, I feel that uh, she has lived her life and she has a lot of things to share and she does it in a way that she writes poems and uh, I can listen to them because she records uh, her poems on the video. Uh, she is really nice, this woman. <laughs> You're really wonderful, I want to say that. And I will ask you, and I ask this uh, sometimes when I notice this discrepancy, which is this, you're highly emotional, 
highly kinesthetic actually that the way you experience the world is different from other humans yet you're trying to do something uh, logical like project management so how do you approach it in a way that fits you do you imagine the project is like a physical machine and you yeah. feel the different parts do you feel it emotionally because what you're doing is bringing a genius thing to another place where most people who are doing project management, they're either visual or only, you know, frontal lobe cortex, they have no emotions, etc. While you are extremely full of emotions and life and um, kinesthetic body movement. So how do you perceive project management and experience your studies that make you do them well while still being true to yourself? Or is it a different side of you that was atrophied, but you over time just made it grow in order to compete there, but still you love being that emotional dancer girl? Mm, yeah, I'm all about emotions. And uh, in all psychological tests taken during my psychology classes in university, I was um, kinesthetic, you're right. And uh, actually, it's really uh, quite a challenge for me to be analytic and project manage management demands it. So I kind of balance between these two things because I'm still about visualizing, I'm still about... Uh, more the creative side of the project, more about its marketing, more about the product. And um, currently I'm experience, uh, experiencing uh, client management and it's something I love doing because I love uh, people and I love getting that connection. I do take things very personally because of my emotions and uh, it's not always uh, good. It doesn't always work uh, because in some situations uh, you just have to remain, um, you know, calm. But I can't. <laughs> so uh, my emotions, emotions, it's about all spheres of my life. It's about work, about relationships. It's studying. actually wonderful. I want to say that that's what makes you special. So don't try to kill that side. And I have another question. There is an American writer who used to be a dancer, but then he's forced to sit on a keyboard for a long time. And he hates it because yes, he expresses emotions, but he needs to move. I don't know if you have that too or not, but what he said, he was looking at his dog and he noticed that his dog before doing something different, he will go sniff like before sleeping or going to the bathroom, mm -hmm. etc. He will sniff around, walk around, go around before relaxing. And he thought, wow, that's the ritual the dog does to change his mood and get into a different state. So he started like uh, taking a walk around his desk for like seven times and then like preparing a coffee to tell himself, okay, now I'm moving from the emotional mood to the logical <laughs> mood. It's the ritual and he accepts it. Do you have such a thing or you didn't develop a ritual to put yourself in a logical, less emotional state? Or are you just flowing with emotions and you love it so much? You're like, I'm addicted. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Actually, 
uh, earlier, I thought that if you want to cry, you have to cry your tears out, you know, your eyes out. And um, right now, I think that you have to control your emotions a little bit. So they uh, they do not uh, destroy you so crying too much is not a very nice option as um, you can say and um, i found that breathing in and breathing out uh, kind of helps i um, know that telling myself that this will be over just like all other um, challenges in your life they ended at some point i'm just trying to calm myself with that thought i also tried meditating i know that a lot of your guests um told you that they meditate and i actually do love this fashion because uh, i didn't know about it until like a year ago and right now a lot of my friends and um, acquaintances of mine they are practicing it and it is helpful because um you feel better after it and uh, it seems like all of your problems they vanish for some time and they are not that important to you anymore so there are different techniques and i believe uh you have to listen to yourself and find something that will be a good fit because some people they cannot sit for 15 minutes with their eyes closed just meditating it's better for them to go for a run and that's how they cope with stress and negative emotions. Uh, we're so different, you know? Yes, those were the themes of our interview, that you discovered the power and importance to listening to ourselves, and that each one of us is different, and we should embrace our individuality and be our true selves rather than copy what another person is doing because what is good for them might not be good for us. Look, it's a pleasure. I want to respect your time. If you have a quick last <laughs> poem to share, I would love that. If not, just one piece of advice that is on your mind today that you give to yourself and to everyone who will be listening on the podcast. I think this will be wonderful. Yeah. So. I'm happy uh, that you listened to it and to everyone who listened today. I mm, uh, talked about Atticus, about uh, Dmitro Poet, who is Dmitro Roshkevich. And also I love um, Irina Astakhova. She has nice poems. And if you have uh, free time, I highly recommend you to read some of them because I, I believe you will like it. And uh, also, me and Disease, we talked about learning, uh, lang uh, language learning tips I can give you. And I would love to uh, say that uh, the most effective thing is to put yourself in the target language setting environment. So watch movies, uh, listen to podcasts, take part in them, <laughs> watch some series, talk to your pen poles, just immerse yourself in English and poems can definitely help you do that too. And uh, for example, you can also come up with one day a week when you'll be talking in English only. And uh, yeah, I try to employ all of these techniques I mentioned and taking part in this podcast also helps me because I started thinking in English. Uh, so yeah, thank you for your attention. 
You're welcome, Olia, and I wish you a brilliant day.